Welcome to the Dog Mum Mindset Podcast, where we talk dogs, behaviour, your lifestyle and everything in between. I'm your host, Lauren Hewitt-Botts, and today we have a very unique episode, which I don't actually think I've heard covered anywhere else. And we're going to be talking about human design and our dogs with Amy Lee. Now, for those who don't know what human design is, Amy explains it really beautifully. But if you have any kind of interest in astrology, holistic practices, spirituality, self-development, or you're just a really open-minded person and you love to learn about something new, then this will be incredible for you. A little bit more about Amy. So Amy is an astrologer and a human design analyst who helps creatives, business owners, and entrepreneurs uncover who they really are and align with their strengths. Amy is absolutely amazing at what she does. She's so nice to talk to and to listen to. And for those of you that do already know her, you will absolutely love listening to this very niche topic. But for those dog parents and trainers out there who this is totally brand new, maybe something that they've never discovered before, she will show you how you can look up your human design. And I really think that there will be something valuable in here for you and your dogs that you will be able to take away and you will take away from it whatever it is that you need. So without further ado, let's go straight in. Hi, Amy, and welcome to the Dogma Mindset podcast. Hi, Lauren. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's such a pleasure to have you here. And we were just having a quick conversation. I was like, right, we've got to, we've got to start recording. So um, I was talking about how I think you're going to have people who know you and love you listen, and they're going to be familiar with human design. But there's going to be people who are dog trainers and dog parents who have probably never heard of it, although they might have heard of maybe astrology. So could you give us kind of an overview of what human design is? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for inviting me on. I do just want to say like most of the podcast invitations I receive are for like astrologers or coaches and things like that. So this was such a thrill because I'm such a dog person and as you know, love my dog. So thank you, Lauren. Um, So human design. So human design is, it's a system. We call it a science. Um, It's the science of differentiation and uh, it's it's a system that's based on several ancient teachings. So it's based on astrology. It's based on the Chinese I Ching. It's based on the Judaic Tree of Life, and it's based on the traditional chakra system. And what Human Design does is it takes elements from all of those systems, and it's kind of woven them together into this sort of comprehensive system that can give you a read on like your energetic makeup. So like, how does your energy field? engage with the people around you? How do you best make decisions? How do you create opportunities? What are your strengths? What are your challenges? So people often equate it to being quite similar to astrology. And I work with astrology too. So I was an astrologer first and Mm -hmm. there's definitely similarities, but there's a lot of differences. They can show us, you know, very different things. And what human design does really well is it, it really shows you like, what are my energetic mechanics? Like what type of energy am I drawing on? How do I work with life force energy? How do I work with desire? How do how does my mind work, right? Um, and so, yeah, it's super powerful tool. And I think, you know, it's really gained popularity over the last few years, like especially since like 2019, it really kind of started to take off. And, you know, I think that's mostly because it works, right? Because mostly people find it, they come in, have this experience. And usually what you learn about yourself through human design, you know, for most people, it's really affirming. Like for, for everyone I've ever done readings for, it's like, oh, okay, this explains like why I felt different in this way. This explains like maybe why 
some area of life has always felt more challenging for me and why others seem to have an easier time with this, you know, so it should be really affirming. But then, so in human design, we have, I guess, the first classification, which is the energy mm-hmm. types. Did you want me to talk about each each type briefly? Or That'd no? be amazing. That'd be great. If, if anyone's kind of listening to this and they don't know their human design, where's the best place for them to go and find out first of all? Because they might, it might be good for them to go, oh, actually, I'm going to go and check because I always do that if I listen to things. So um, yeah, where's a good place for them to go? Yeah. So I actually have a website where you can look up your chart and it will tell you your energy type, your strategy, authority, your profile, all of that. And so that website's myconstellation.com.au. But they could also just Google like human design chart software. There's some other great ones like Jovian Archive, um, My Body Graph. So um, more and more are popping up all the time. Um, yeah. And so I guess the, the the best place to start, like if you're new to human design, is definitely your energy type. It's mm-hmm. um, kind of like the foundation of who you are and what it really describes. It, well, in human design, what, what we're taught is that it describes your aura and the mechanics mm-hmm. of your aura and that there are these very five distinct kind of aura types. And then there are millions of combinations though. Like each person's chart is so nuanced and so individual, but you can, you can get a really good sense of like, well, how does my energy work? What kind of role am I here to play just from understanding energy type without even going too much deeper? Um, do you know your energy type? Yeah. Sorry? I'm a generator. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. You did tell me that. Sorry. You're a generator. So you're a beautiful sacral being. Cause I was thinking about how um, your dog would interact very differently with you yes. compared to my dog. Cause I'm a projector um, because of um, some distinct differences we both have with energy. Um, oh, it's so interesting, honestly, cause it's, it's, it's one of these things, like you said, it, it kind of came, it, it's become much more popular. Like I'd never heard of it. And then all of a sudden mm. I started to see, you know, magazine articles and blogs and Instagram and things about this completely yeah. separate to, to obviously my dog life, because working with dogs, it's, it's so different, but then mm. I don't know. I just thought it just, it's just interesting to look at these things because like you said, sometimes when you get these insights, it helps you understand how you relate to your dog and how you relate to yourself and, and all of this. So, mm. um, yeah, no, thank you so much for explaining that. And I think, yeah, if, you, if you're happy to give kind of a rundown of the different mm. um, energy types and mm-hmm. then maybe we can go a bit deeper into maybe, yeah, how you relate to your dog compared to how maybe I relate to mine. That'd be amazing. Yeah, perfect. Um, I will start by saying, so we have human design, which is the design, like it describes the energetic operating system that humans have, but there was actually, that was really only is one part of human design. And I should have said this before, the way human design came into the world is it was kind of received by a man, his name was Robert Krakow in 1987. He mm-hmm. was on the island of Ibiza and he says, he calls it the voice, but mm-hmm. it was it was kind of like it was received. It's a very cosmic, you know, it has very woo-woo origins. Yeah. Um, but, but he also received the design of mammals as well. Wow. There's the design of like reptiles and fish. And then there's actually the design of plants too you know but ever we all focus on human design right because that's what we want we want to know about ourselves but you can actually look up the design of your dog or your pet if you know their birth time and um you know I was lucky enough yeah because I got my dog once I already knew this system I and I did get her from a breeder I 
as soon as I was talking to them, I was like, what time was she born? Like, can you please keep a record like of that? So I've been lucky enough to have her chart. And so I know her design too, which is really helpful. That's um, so cool. I don't know the time that Alto was born, but my sister has just got a puppy. So I'm going to say to her, go back and ask the breeder. <laughs> what time was yeah. she born? So what time was he born? So we know. Yeah. And even if you don't know the time, you can just do, if you know the, the date, you can just check a few different times on that date and just see if it changes and it might not actually change like I would I would try like 6 a.m 12 p.m and 6 p.m and just kind of see if it changes within that and if it doesn't just go with any of them um yeah so yeah so it's more because uh there's less um the the design of animals it's less complex than what the the design of humans is so if you're a human you do ideally want to know like your birth time especially when you get into the the deeper layers of the human design um it can change like if your birth time's a few minutes off so Mm -hmm. you know if I'm ever working with someone and their birth time ends in a five or a zero I usually will check charts around that because some of the um deeper layers that can be really really still really significant can actually change quite quickly um okay yeah yeah so for us it's really important but yeah for pets I would check yeah just a few in the day um so but in human design so these foundations of the the five different energy types so firstly we have manifestors they're here to be our initiators um and the innovators of the world so they were like the kings the queens the pharaohs and the emperors of the past right they were the people that were really kind of ruling um the world they're only eight percent of people So they're one of the rarer energy types. Yeah. And they're really here, you know, they're the only type, I'll talk about them all, but they're the only type whose process doesn't really, they don't need to wait for anything outside of them, right? For them, it's all about, they get these inner urges to create, these inner urges to do, and they're really designed to kind of follow that. And with that, they kind of bring fresh ideas, fresh, you know, experiences into the world. They're really creative um even though even though I've said they were the rulers of the world typically now they mostly want to be left alone you know they Mm -hmm. are like quite self-sufficient um beings and they you know uh, they're designed you know through their process of um following their urges and initiating things in the world and initiating the rest of us into new things typically that process they do need a lot of alone time right like Mm -hmm. uninterrupted alone time um, so that they can do their thing. Um, and so, yeah, but real like powerhouses, typically they've got like a really strong, powerful voice in some way. Um, they're really peaceful beings at their core though, right? And when they get that uninterrupted creative time, that's when they typically experience the peace that they're mm-hmm. meant to. Um, they're not self-theme. Each type has a true self-theme and a not self-theme. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of what we use to track, like, am I on track or not? Am I in alignment or not? And for the manifest is that feeling of peace is their biggest sign that they're on track, you know? Yeah. And they're in the right place. They're doing, you know, they're initiating what they're meant to. Um, They're following their strategy, which is to inform, right? So for them, it's just really important. You know, they've got this big energy, this powerful energy to their throat. Um, And uh, a lot of times it can be difficult for others to sort of keep up with them Mm -hmm. they can meet resistance to what they're trying to initiate a lot of the times they've learned to be secretive from childhood Mm -hmm. because um they have this powerful energy and the adults around them you know kind of you know they meet resistance anyway through the outer world through what they're trying to initiate so they 
often get to adulthood and feel like, oh, well, in order to initiate and move with this energy I'm feeling, I have to do it in secret or I have to hide what I'm doing because I'm going to meet resistance. And the big kind of deconditioning for them is learning, no, don't do it in secret, but tell people, inform people, right? Like don't, you're not designed to ask permission, but if you inform, that will stop you meet, that will help remove the resistance, right? It'll help other people understand a little bit more of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, typically super autonomous and mostly just want to be left alone, like in their peace. Um, But their not self theme is anger. And that's, that's a really good sign for a manifester. Yeah. If, if they're experiencing consistent anger in one area of life, it's typically a sign that something's not right here, right? Either they're not initiating, they're not following their urges, um, they're not informing or they're not informing well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they're fire, but you can think of the manifestors as our initiators and our innovators. Okay. Um, I think there are people the... who maybe haven't, uh, you know, I think a lot of people... Yeah identify with that I think when I heard this I was like oh I think I might be a manifester and then obviously I'm trying not to be a generator but I feel like that's one that that there's there's bits of I assume of every everyone that's everyone will Mm. identify with so Mm. um yeah no it's really interesting I I love to hear Mm. you going through all of them so that's great yeah and it's super nuanced too especially when you look at someone's astrology right so someone you know, it could be a manifesto, but maybe they've actually got a lot of Taurus energy. So they don't quite resonate mm-hmm. with like the fiery, the quick, typical description of the manifesto. Or maybe someone's like you, Lauren, and you're a generator, but maybe you've got a lot of Sagittarian energy or something like that. So it is super nuanced. But the big thing to take away is like those themes of like, mm-hmm. so for the manifest, the anger and the peace, mm-hmm. and they're just starting to inform, keep people in the loop, like let people know what your plans are. Don't keep what you're doing kind of secretive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then we have the generators, which is your energy yeah. type. So you're mm-hmm. our beautiful sacral beings. Technically, there's the generators and then we have manifesting mm-hmm. generators. The manifesting generators is a is a manifesting generator. So and he was oh, like, what is perfect. this? But when I when I spoke to him, he's normally with astrology, he's like, no, but absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> when I was speaking to him, I could hear him kind of being a bit like, oh. Oh, this is interesting. Yeah. So, and trying to pretend. So, um, yeah, no, it's really, it's really good. I love that. I find human design seems to just be so much more accessible for men. Mm. I think because it comes across as so much more scientific and kind of yes. it's it's less like cosmic and woo woo like like astrology can be. Mm. So, I love that. Um, so technically, you're the same energy type, right? So, generators and manifesting generators. Even though we talk about you as separate types, it's because you're such a big big populate like part mm-hmm. of the world you know so 35 percent of people are generators and 35 percent of people are manifesting generators so together you make up about 70 percent mm-hmm. of the world so we talk about you as separate types and there is some very distinct differences but your aura is the same so you have this aura that's open and enveloping your strategy is the same in that you're both here to respond to mm-hmm. life right so I like to explain it to my clients, like if you have that, and sorry, what makes you generators and manifesting generators is that you have a defined sacral center. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the center in human design that generates life force energy through mm-hmm. response, through responding to life in the world outside of you. Um, and that's what makes the other types different is that the all the other types don't have that center defined so they don't have that consistent life force energy they can't generate energy um they're kind of borrowing it okay um and so yeah but your strategy is to to respond to life so it's like you're this super magnetic right you know and this is the thing though generators and manifesting generators 
you've mostly been conditioned to operate like manifestors to initiate you you know you typically the world teaches us like go out and do it like you know make it happen and all of these things and like really that works for the manifester the the generator and the manifesting generator it's actually about letting life come to you it's about learning to stop initiating from the mind and really letting like your body kind of show you the way because if something's correct for you you have the ability in your body to have that response and what your body's responding to is where is their energy available right and so I like to explain it like as if you're playing a game of tennis with the universe it's like you're really designed to let the universe serve first and then you tune in it's like do I have the energy to get in the game right and hit the ball back or is there actually no energy available and I'm kind of going to step aside so you have this like inner GPS in the sacral that's always responding like yes or no to life to food to opportunities right it's like you don't have to force from the mind Mm -hmm. and you know this is actually I should have started with this but this is actually the whole point of human design it's to help you but all of us bypass the logical mind they teach in human design that the mind while the powerful tool for researching and conceptualizing and making sense and forming opinions and things like that it's not so helpful when it comes to making decisions about our own life and so for everyone it's really about letting the mind get in the back seat of the car bypassing the mind and then letting our body and the beautiful we have in human design they talk about this electromagnetic frequency we have in the heart space Mm -hmm. and really letting that guide so it's really like a system that's all about the body and body consciousness and your form and kind Mm of letting that part of you guide your path through the world right um yeah I think that's that's really interesting because I am very much a mind person and and, like let the logic you know and what I find is um I then decided you know I had a had a got really busy in 2019 and then got really stressed and then have to step back and kind of reset everything. And that's when I started to tune into my body a lot more. And what I'm finding with a lot of maybe dog trainers is a lot of people get, they push and push and push and push with their mind, taking on, taking on, taking on everything that they should, you know, I've got to do this as a dog trainer. I've got to do this as a professional. And then a lot of people reach burnout. It's really well known that dog professionals will burn out. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just think if you, if you have this other way of thinking and of saying, I don't have to, you know, respond to everything or there's, there's, you know, I don't mm. have to let my mind make those decisions. I think that is actually really important. So yeah, I just wanted to put mm. that in there because I know people who might be listening might be going, Oh, you know, this is so new to me, but actually it might just mm. trigger something in them to think, well, I don't need to work to burn out and I don't need yes. to do all of these things that come at me that I should do. Um, and, and once they know about maybe their, their type or, or what they are, then it might help them as well. Yeah, such an important point because most people, when they find human design, they're in some kind of burnout. That was definitely my yeah. experience, so many clients. And that's really what human design says happens, right? When you're operating from the mind, when you're initiating, there's actually no energy to do whatever the thing is. So you might say yes to taking on an extra client or you might say yes because it's like, oh, that's smart, that feels logical, Mm. you know, or something. But then when you go to do it, there's no energy. And so you just end up depleting the body. Whereas if you're following your strategy and listening to what we call your authority, which is really the part of you that's designed to make decisions, that's not the mind, Mm. um, you have access to some kind of energy that's true to you, right? Mm. And so you can live like... For, for the generators and the manifesting generators, like you're designed to feel like the work that you're doing and what you're putting out into the world, like, yes, 
you'll still feel exhausted. You know, you should finish at the end of the day and feel like, yeah, I've used up all my energy, but it should feel like satisfying in how Mm -hmm. you've used it. Like it should feel like, yes, I feel so fulfilled. And ideally when you're correct, you should feel like quite a sustainable amount of energy through the day. You know, you still need rest. You still need all the things, but when it's, when you're responding to what's correct for you, it should actually feel like it's kind of life giving. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you have that beautiful kind of enriching um, exhaustion at the end of the day where it's like, I'm physically tired. I'm not, you know, I'm not, not so emotionally tired. I'm not so mentally tired. I'm physically tired, but I'm going to sleep and feel better and have that response again the next day. And I can kind of carry on rather than, I don't know how much longer I can go on with this, which is what I think a lot of people go through. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's so, and what, what did you say the self and the not self is for a generator? Yeah. So the satisfaction is like your true self. So, you know, when you're feeling like content and satisfied, and even if, again, it's like that happy sort of exhaustion of like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel really good with how I use my energy today. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're on track. Um, And that's what we want because you're such a big portion of the population, right? You're 70% of people and everyone around you actually benefits when there's, when sacral beings are satisfied, you actually transmit that energy out into the environment so you can uplift the environments you're in you can make the people around you feel good just by you being correct right and you being in your true self so Mm -hmm. it's like I always say to my sacred clients it's like the most unselfish thing you can do is prioritize Mm -hmm. like your own joy your own pleasure and your own satisfaction um but then your not self-theme is frustration for the sacred yeah identify with that frustration yeah Yeah. absolutely (laughs) Yeah. And you never can escape it, right? These themes, they will come up because they're these signposts, right? To pay attention to, and it's trying to kind of guide you back on track. But typically, you know, if you're consistently frustrated with a client, an area of life, a friendship, a relationship, you know, in the home, like if you're consistently frustrated with something, it needs to change. It's kind of like your biggest clue, like, yeah, no, this has been going on for weeks now or months now, something about this isn't right. Whereas if it's just a moment of frustration, that's kind of okay. You can just be curious about, hang yeah. on, what's going on here? Am I responding? Hang on, am I in the mind? Am I trying to force action? Am I trying to initiate prematurely because I th- I'm thinking too much about it? Wow, that's so useful. I think, yeah, I'm hoping people, yeah. if they if they know their side, or if they go and, and, and check, they can kind of come and start, yeah, just start start thinking about these things as well. And there's, there's, other, um, yes. there's other ones as well, aren't there? Yeah. So there's two others. I'll just also give you the quick distinction between the generator and the manifesting Mm. generator too, because so typically the generators, you guys are here for mastery, we say, Mm -hmm. right. And you can take a more kind of considered and deliberate approach to what you're doing. You really need to be able to work with like spaciousness. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas the manifesting generators, they're typically, they're more here for efficiency. They're often the people who have like several balls in the air, you know, and it's less about mastery and it's more about the efficiencies that they create. They tend mm-hmm. to sort of do things a little bit faster. They're known for skipping steps. Okay. Um, it's like yeah, they're known for skipping steps and oftentimes they have to go back and repeat things, but it's all a part of their process because in skipping steps, they're usually able to work out, well, what's the most efficient route to get from A to B, right? Okay. Do we really need to go the way of mastery or can mm-hmm. I just hop over a few different things? Okay. Um, and they're typically the people that will pivot more often in life, right? Where the generator, it's probably going to be the more sustainable. Again, there's nuance to it, but mm-hmm. the managers, typically there's a little bit more kind of pivoting. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have a beautiful client who's a manager who 
She's an incredible business coach. Last year, she trained as a yoga instructor, opened a yoga studio. Um, she started like an Amazon FBA. Like, And it's like they can be a little bit unrelated, all the different yeah. hats that they're wearing okay. um, multi-passionate but we can I can I think of myself as multi-passionate I think we can all be multi-passionate but they're kind of usually on that bigger spectrum mm-hmm. of it okay um, yeah so that's the main difference generators mastery managers efficiency okay. is kind of like the gift mm-hmm. um, then we have projectors so that's I'm a projector yes. and projectors we call the guides they're really here to be kind of the advisors of the world um, these are the type that are most likely to experience burnout because they're really not designed to work in the way as the other types I've described have. Even the manifestors typically have access to more energy. We actually consider the manifestors an energy type, um, whereas we call the, the projectors and the reflectors non-energy oh, types. Oh, okay, okay. It's, again, there's nuance. Like you can, I yeah, the, the, there's nuance to it. You can still have access to different types of energy. Um, but projectors you know not here to work in the traditional sense like definitely here to be more of a guide and they actually have a very special relationship with the generators and the manifesting mm. generators in that projectors are really here to help the manifest uh, the generators and the many gens feel satisfied mm-hmm. because the role of the projector is we're here to know the other mm-hmm. typically projectors are really like we're here for systems and we're here for other people really so this is why so many projectors love human design and astrology psychology human behavior because we're literally like wired our aura focuses so we're really kind of wired for those one-on-one small group interactions um whereas the generators and the many gens you're here to know yourselves right so your life is all about getting to know yourself the manifestors they're here to know their impact right they're here to know what have i how have i impacted the world what have i initiated what have i done and so for the projector we're really here to help the generators and the many gens feel satisfied and to know themselves right um but yeah, we don't have sustainable energy in the same way. So even no matter how much we love what we're doing, we don't have that same sacral response. Mm-hmm. So again, burnout, rest, all of those things are like quite important. Most projectors have been conditioned by the world around them to try to be manifestors and generators, right? Mm-hmm. It's like we're conditioned to think we need to be, again, working nine to five or doing 50, 60 hour work weeks and on all the time. And a lot of projectors feel like something's wrong with them. They can often feel really inadequate, um, but they can also be the biggest workaholics because that's like the big not self for the projector. It's this feeling like, well, I'm not enough, but I'm going to overcompensate. I'm going to overwork. You know, I'm going to be the person who's at the office the latest. Um, It can almost be like we get a little bit wired on the sacral energy of the generators and the many gens we take it in but it's distorted you know it's not really ours we're borrowing it and then we try to make that our kind of consistent baseline and then we end up in burnout mm-hmm. so um ideally for projectors you you hopefully you know want to be setting your sights on work or some kind of financial exchange where you are more again the guide the advisor the consultant right where you're using some kind of system as well like really here for systems um because yeah many, um, oh sorry carry on sorry. no no sorry no, no I was gonna say me. I wonder how many dog trainers and dog professionals are project like whether because you said about you know uh astro- yeah. astrologers being projectors and I wonder it'd be interesting yeah. I mean I don't think we'll ever know but it would be interesting to find out yeah it would be so interesting to know the stats because I feel like you'd, they'd probably be drawn to that kind of again mm-hmm. it's like a system 
mm. understanding. Um, and, and projectors are a larger group. So projectors are about 20% of people. Okay. So not as many as like the generators who are 35, but still like a decent proportion of mm-hmm. the world. Um, and the, the themes for projectors. So the not self themes for projectors is bitterness. Mm-hmm. And typically bitterness comes up because because we are here to guide, right? Projectors are known though for giving unsolicited advice. So they're kind of the people because we see other people really clearly. Typically it's like we can see what's going on here um, and we try to guide others and it's not, it's usually not received very well when we're trying to like force our opinion or give unsolicited advice. And so the strategy for projectors to avoid bitterness is to wait for the invitation, right? Mm -hmm. So we're always, yeah, so we're, the big deconditioning from projectors, just learning to stop and wait again. And again, not initiating, right? Not forcing mm. from the mind, like especially when it comes to things like love and work, it's all about stopping. And, you know, instead, like instead of trying to guide or trying to get involved or trying to be seen, right? Trying to manipulate people to see you, go work on the mastery of your system, right? Go put your energy into your systems and people will start to like come to you and invite you for guidance, right? And we'll call you out for that. Um, and then the true self theme for projectors is success. And it's, it's not necessarily monetary, like, um, financial, but, um, it is kind of because we're not designed to work in the same way, you know, and I, I do definitely think there is some kind of like financial connection there, but it's more like if they finish the day feeling really successful in the guidance they gave in what they were invited into, like, that's a sign that they're in alignment. It's like, yeah, I'm really happy with how I was seen. Um, the other big thing for projectors is recognition, right? It's like we want recognition and then an invitation to follow. Um, so we're here to be recognized by the other four, however we can guide or whatever our contribution okay. is and our systems. Okay. Um, yeah. And then we have reflectors who are only 1% of oh, the world. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Who are our, or one, maybe it's, it's like one point something. It might be 1.8. So it might be closer to two, but they're definitely like the rarest type. They're completely open in their design, which um, probably won't make sense. But the other types all have some kind of um, energy center combination where it's defined and they send energy out and they have this consistent, reliable access to some quality of energy, whereas the reflectors are completely open. And so they take in, they sample the energy in their environment. And they're really here to be our evaluators, especially in like a community sense and a collective sense, you know. So if you have any reflectors in your workplace or in your team, like they're often a really good barometer of the health and the well-being of whoever's in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so but they reflect back to us. Um, again, not designed to work in the same way as the other types. They typically need more rest, like the projectors, the reflectors typically need more rest. Um, and yeah, they're, you know, they play quite a pivotal role, right? Because they really help, again, us understand on that larger scale what's working and what's kind of not not working in this space, but super is it, rare. Is it, could, could you look at somebody, because we've all kind of, like you're saying, being conditioned to work nine to five and put out all this energy, can you look at somebody and say, oh, I think you're a reflector or I think you're a generator, or do you think that's quite difficult to do because people don't know themselves what they are? Mm. It can be really difficult because so many of us are living the not self, like so many of us are trying to live another type. Um, But if you know someone well, the themes can be the best way, particularly the not self theme, you know, like um, I remember my, my stepdad before I ever looked at his chart, he's a manifester. And I was like, 
I know he's a manifester because again, I could feel that peace at times, but I had also felt the anger too. And I was like, he's definitely a manifester, you know? So I think you can definitely get a sense of it. And the themes can be kind of um, the best way, which I didn't say for reflectors, their theme, they're not self themes, disappointment, you know? So they know if they're continuously disappointed, they really need to change Um, environments, everything for the reflector. Like they need to really prioritize being in environments where they feel well um, and healthy and, their true self theme they call surprise, but really oh, that's about, that's nice. yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's really surprise in the context. I mean, I have, I actually know quite a few reflectors. Two of my best friends are reflectors. I've worked with a few reflectors and mm-hmm. they do often get kind of surprised and delighted by life and like the things that come to them, the things they're invited into. Um, but the surprise is really, ideally that's when they're in the right environment, they feel inspired and engaged and they're sampling this energy that's kind of just delightful to them, right? If they're in environments that feel stagnant, stale, unhealthy, they really need to shift. It's going to be not the right place for them. Um, but so that surprise is really like inspired and engaged in the people and the, the places around them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm just thinking if anyone is listening and they don't know their type, they might be like they might not know it might be quite difficult to tell yourself so yeah it's yes. good to go and actually look it up I think um because once you know and then you kind of can listen with that in mind it it, it kind of yes you can identify it within yourself I think yeah and typically wherever whatever software you use to look your chart up it'll be the the top the top thing on the right hand side will typically be energy type and mm-hmm. one of those names Brilliant. yeah and, and in terms of, I know we've kind of done an overview, which has been amazing, actually, really, really in depth for, for people to know. In terms of our dogs, how do you think knowing your energy type might affect the way that you interact or how your relationship with your dog? Mm. So, yeah, so definitely understanding, like if you are a projector, a reflector or a manifester, like you don't have that same consistent level of energy it's the same with parenting like what they teach in human design is like if you're a manifester projector or reflector like don't expect yourself to be able to keep up with the generator and especially the mani gen parents like don't put that pressure on yourself to keep up your energy really ebbs and flows right Mm -hmm. so you might have periods where you have a lot more energy and then periods where you really don't have much at all Mm -hmm. um so I think understanding that can be really important. I think understanding the dynamic between you and, and your pet um, is really important as well. So like, because pets can be the energy, those energy types as well, right? So is it the, the same for pets? So yeah, they generate a reflector, exactly the same ones. Yeah. I don't think they would ever be a mani gen just because they don't have as many activations mm-hmm. um and like I haven't looked I haven't really studied this I've only really looked at like Marnie's chart and a few other dogs charts but they can definitely be um generators projectors and reflectors um I need to look out yeah I, yeah I, I, I don't know I think you could I wouldn't be surprised at any that he is but yeah reflector maybe I don't know I, I, they're so rare so I kind of don't think he would but if I had any mm. that I would guess potentially that I don't but it would be so, oh, I'm gonna go look it up after this. Yeah. Um <laughs> to go and go and see. Um is it the same? Do you go, is there a specific website for that or do you just use the same one for no, yes, that's a really good question. Most of them don't show this, and there's actually only one where you can look this up. It's called Genetic Matrix. I can okay. send it to you after this, Lauren, so you can put in the notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you have to you'll have to sign up with an account and you might have to pay, but they do 
thing where you can pay for just one day's access, which is a few dollars. So you could just go and do the one day download. You'd like not sign up for the full like yearly subscription, Um, but they have it. And so great. So like for me, Marnie's a reflector. So oh, she's completely amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually, she's a real little mirror for me. And for sometimes like I have in my human design, one of my sort of gifts, but it can be a challenge is that I have the design of stubbornness and I, it's great for me in business, right? Because I will really like fight tooth and nail if I want to bring something like I can feel this real, like I'm going to make this happen. And I can have like quite a lot of endurance for what I'm creating. Um, but I know like whenever she starts being really stubborn, I have started to use that as like a little bit of a sign of like, oh, hang on, maybe Amy, you've been actually using that in a really, you're starting to err uh, on that unhealthy side of it. Yeah. Like, is this really healthy? So I use her as like a little bit of a mirror like that. Like, and so if she's ever being like overly willful or stubborn. It's often a sign that, you know, when I reflect on like, okay, yeah, I just need to relax, you know, because that's connected to the root center in my design. And so my root center can actually put her under pressure, you know, so she can pick up on like the stress, you know, I have more of a capability to handle stress and pressure. And that's where that stubbornness comes from, but she doesn't really. So she can kind of feel it more intensely than I do. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So understanding that dynamic. And then, so I watch her though, when we go stay with my parents, which we're about to go this weekend, they live sort of 90 minutes from where we are so we'll go stay for a night mm-hmm. um when we go to visit my mom's a generator and I watch the difference there like when we're at their house because they get up so early they get up at like 5 a.m okay. and at their house Marnie's up at 5 a.m and she's like running around with toys and she's ready to go like she's and she's like got all this energy in the morning whereas here with just me she's actually like I'm often up before her and I'm getting up at like 6.37 and chill. And she's just so, she's so much more chill around me than she is around them. And I think she's kind of amplifying their sacral energy. Um, Yeah. that's It's just a different way of looking at it, isn't it? Because there's so many different ways of looking at how our dogs act and their behavior. And, you know, obviously there's the traditional route, which is what I've done, but I think, also picking up like our behavior does our we do affect our dogs and so we we can't we can't dismiss that and looking at it in this different way it just might open people up to think oh you know when my dog does this maybe it's because I'm doing this and I just I think that's what's going to be so valuable for people when they're listening to this Mm. um do you think so do you think there's any uh pairings that would be more difficult so if you had like a generator dog mom and a generator dog or something or is it just that working out the ways that they kind of would interact with each other yeah possibly if you were like if you were a projector or a reflector and you had a generator dog they're going because the generate generators really do you know need to burn through that sacral energy in a day Mm -hmm. um and so like having strategies because you don't have that same response having strategies like you know, so things, even though Marnie's not a generator, things that I do, like if I'm really low in energy, I'm feeling really depleted. Instead of doing like a long walk, I might actually just go down to the dog beach, but I'll go in the middle of the day when it's quiet and I can just kind of sit and she'll just kind of explore around me and I'll just throw the tennis. Like I'll kind of take it more easy, but Mm. she'll still have a bit of a swim and she'll chase the ball and get all, use that energy. So I would try to have strategies 
um, like, like that where you can, yeah, yeah. But any type, you know, we really say in human design, you can make any combination work. Mm -hmm. And I really think it's kind of destined and perfect. Like I think our pets kind of choose us and, you know, they, they end up in our life, you know, so miraculously. Um, and yeah, so that would be coming up with strategies to help. And maybe, you know, you know, I have a girlfriend who's, um, her her children love Marnie and so I gave her a key to my house and I was like mm. if you ever want to come and like because they said can we walk Marnie so oh. I ended up giving them a key mm. yeah so now they can just come and get her during the day they're like yeah you're like you're busy you keep working we'll take Marnie for a walk we'll take her out you know so oh, wow. um having like a support network of people who can also you know sort of help, help at times yeah yeah and I suppose if you know so if you know if you start to know your design you start to go okay well um this is how I should feel when I feel good and mm. these are the routes that I can take to get there and it, yeah working out how your dog also fits into that so they're getting the best as well because I think that is a big part of mm. it is sometimes when you get exactly like you said a dog that is maybe very energetic that is always on the go that has a lot of energy and then you get somebody who maybe doesn't have that energy I think that can be quite a big mm. clash is the wrong but it can sometimes be quite difficult for both sides of that but yeah putting those strategies into place is so useful to be able to to help them through definitely yeah yeah and I really learned like just to listen to Marnie too like we have this thing I used to get really frustrated in the beginning because I like work from home and she always sort of comes up to me at some point in the day and mm-hmm. is like, you need to, it, it's literally like she's telling me you need to stop work. And I used to kind of get sort of frustrated, but like, I've got so much to do. Like I need to work so that I can afford to buy your food and like mm-hmm. look after you at all the things, right? It's like, I need to work. Um, but now I've started taking it as a bit of a sign, you know, when she comes up to me and she pours at my leg, it's not just like her sort of, it's not just for a second. Like she really kind of lets me like, hey, I'm here. I actually just stop work now and we'll go out for a walk or we'll walk down to the beach or something Mm -hmm. I'm like no it's probably it's a sign we could both use like some sun and some fresh air so I really try to use her as like my little barometer and listen to like listen to what she's saying to me because she's not a naughty dog you know like I think it's never like you know she's pretty chill like she's Mm -hmm. a retriever like like your boy and um they're pretty sweet you know (laughs) he does the same thing I actually think even without knowing what he is I try to if he does the same he'll come up and he'll be like come on and, and yeah. some and I used to be like oh Alto come on I just because I, I get very like probably part of that generator energy I'm like I need to get it like I want to yes. get it done like it's it, it, I've got to keep going and now yeah. I'm trying to be a bit more if he comes up to me to just to exactly like you said actually maybe yeah. this is a sign that I need to stop before I get mm-hmm. maybe frustrated or burnt out or overtired so um, yeah I really need to look up what he is because I'd be interested really interested to see how that kind of yeah how that would work so I'm going to do that straight after this um yeah. and are they if you had say a reflector dog parent and mm-hmm. would that would they maybe reflect their dog potentially or is that more around other people Yeah, no, there's definitely potential with like, depends on um, the activations that they Mm -hmm. have, but they could, because dogs, they just have like Marnie only has like one gate activation. Mm -hmm. Um, So in the gates are all like, when you look at each other, all the little lines connecting Mm -hmm. things. So like, I definitely, I feel that even as a projector. So you would feel that too, right? Even Mm -hmm. as 
um, a generator if your dog has a gate that kind of fits in and it's oh. one you don't have you would actually still feel that too okay. but yeah the reflector would definitely feel it the, for reflectors are interesting they um like I said, they do sample the energy of people in their environments, but they're actually mostly influenced by the transits and the cycle of the moon too. Mm-hmm. So they're actually, they're always going to feel that a little bit more intensely. And then they kind of just sample and reflect back like little bits from, yeah, the people and the environment around them. Okay. So yeah, I think, yeah, anyone listening, I'm just like, just go and, go and find out because then you'll find out yeah. about you and your dog as well. Um, and talking about Marnie, you were kind of, um, I don't know this is kind of moving on the conversation, but um, you're talking about you do a lot of holistic care for her and you're really interested in nutrition. And we were actually having a conversation about Alto's 11 and I never want to call him an old dog and I want him to live to a lot of an older age. Yes. And um, do you think that kind of what sort of things do you do with Marnie to kind of help her I suppose in terms of holistic but also in terms of maybe her her own Mm. design what sort of things do you Mm. put into place for her yeah so I am now very conscious that she is a reflector and so I am very conscious that she needs to move through different environments in her day right and Mm. she needs places that feel exciting and stimulating and different for her. So things I do for her is like, we don't do like the same walk route every day. Like we're always doing different things. We're always going to different beaches because reflectors really thrive when they can be out around other energy. Mm -hmm. I take her to cafes a lot because again, reflectors, like I realize like for her being in this home with just me, it could actually feel quite stagnant and stifling for her because I live, because I'm, I live alone. And so it's just me and her a lot of the time and I work from home. So I make like a real effort. I'm like, no, she needs to actually plug into other people. I don't like, I'm so introverted. I do not need to plug into other people, but she definitely does in the day. Um, So, and I take her to a lot of things too, so that she can really get that. And she's so social. Um, But that, yeah, definitely like nutrition. I think I was so ignorant of what dogs really need before getting money and the reason I'm interested in that now is because she was actually really sick as a puppy she was yeah her first six months it was so difficult she had constant um diarrhea constant Alto, vomiting Alto was the honestly they're so similar oh. like he was the, he's so sensitive as 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 yeah. a dog he's got very he was the same very hard to find him the right food as a puppy it just yeah hmm. yeah she was you know and she um when I got a she had worms and was anemic and had pica or pica. Yeah, there was just a lot of things. And then she ended up being diagnosed with Addison's disease too. And then she was undiagnosed. There was actually a big controversy with the vets in my area because a vet died, a holistic vet diagnosed her and then a, a specialist undiagnosed her. We actually need to probably go have those tests run again. It's one of those things where it's like she's on the spectrum. Like okay. they said there's a healthy range um and it's between like 190 and 500 and something and she was sitting at like 207 and the holistic vet was like as a puppy she should be well over 350 like she should not be that low I can't even remember what it was you know but the then the specialist is like no she's in range it's not Mm. so still don't know but yeah and we're still only just working it out we started working with a TCM Mm. a vet who's a TCM practitioner and this is like the first thing that's really work she's tended to have periods where it like just flares mm. up really badly and then goes away and but oh. she's so healthy if you saw her she looks so healthy and vibrant and lovely yeah, and amazing. um and it did end up being allergies too that was the other thing when mm. they undiagnosed her we started doing allergy testing and she was allergic to chicken which oh. every time she'd got sick in those you first chicken, like eight months yeah. you give them chicken and rice yeah. you know and so it was like oh she's 
she's allergic to chicken. She really can't handle lamb and she really, she can handle beef, but it has mm-hmm. to be like organic, really good quality beef. Um, but she's mostly on like turkey and fish. And I actually cook all her food. Sometimes I, I've actually cooked her dinners. I'm like, I should eat this too, because I'm like about to have like an egg on it, a piece of toast with an egg on it. I'm like, this has got more nutrition in it. <laughs> like This is like human grade food. Like, <laughs> oh, No, that's so good. No, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's so tricky with their health. I think, especially today, there's, I think there's so many sources of, you know, this person says this, this person says this, and, mm. and maybe just, you know, your dog, I always say to people, you know, what's going on with your dog, you know, when they're not right. So if you've just got to keep going, if you, if you're sensing that you've just got, like you said, with Marnie, it would be easy to say, oh, well, she's been told she doesn't have it. But if you notice she has these flare ups, then there is something going on there. So um, mm. yeah, no, it's really tricky. It's um, one of my, um, really good friends her dog has got Addison's and she's really 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 into it so if you ever want to talk about it I can always send you over my way because she's like a real kind of passionate person about it um yeah thank you yeah well the treatment for that was steroids and so when they undiagnosed her I was like look if she doesn't need the steroids I'd rather she not have to take them if we could yeah but yeah no thank you so much Mm. I'll definitely keep that in in mind um she gets acupuncture too that's what the TCM practitioner does I know and she was responding really well to it all of these things but TCM has been amazing. She took one look at her and was like, yeah, the heat, her tongue, things, symptoms she'd always had too. Like she's always drank a lot of water. She's always had a really long tongue and people used to comment on it. Like, and they still do like her, her tongue, like her tongue is so long. Um, And that was a sign of her having too much heat in her digestion and like they so this tcm practitioner picked it up straight away what, what is tcm um, just for people that don't... oh traditional chinese medicine oh amazing okay yeah that's, yeah, yeah yeah that's so yeah. interesting to get another another viewpoint on it as well um mm. no i love that and and you kind of said um you touched on with marnie that the things that you do for her to help her as a reflector are there any things that people can do for their dogs as the different energy types like what would be like you said I suppose you touched on generator dogs and said they need to have a way of burning off their energy what about the other types is there anything else that people could do maybe for them yeah so we said the reflector I'd say for the typically like a reflector projector manifester need less doing in the day right but they can they can also you have to be very aware that like so Marnie does this I have to watch her um, we don't go to dog parks and think I'm not, I'm not personally that into dog parks, but where mm. I used to live, yeah. we did have this one that was like acres and it was so big. People would come from all over the state to go to this mm. dog park. It was huge. And you could go in the middle of the day and there'd be no one around and you can go for like a really long walk, you know? So I, we would go there sometimes, but I would notice like if there was maybe one or two dogs that she was playing with as we were leaving, she wouldn't always be the dog that didn't want to leave. Like it's like, and that's a undefined sacral thing. That is a manifest, a projector, a reflector thing, like not knowing when enough's enough and mm. like overdoing exhaustion. So if your dog's one of those types and you take them down to the beach or you're out and there are, you know, other dogs, they can actually amplify that sacral energy. They can mm. actually amplify your energy. So it's important that they have space to go to just be in their own aura, to mm. kind of let that decompress. So like putting mm. them in their crate or putting them in a space and like even you getting away mm. from them so that they're not amplifying your your energy as well. Um, yeah, that would be the biggest thing. And then the generator, if you have a generator dog, yeah, like let 
strategies for them to burn that off, you know, um, as much as possible. I did a terrible job with Marnie at training her to like fetch the ball. Like, you know, so I would say like training them to actually bring the ball back to you and drop it. Like we just failed. Oh, I can't do it either. Like yeah. as a retriever, they don't. And, and all the retrievers I've ever trained, I've ever met, they're like, oh, oh. I don't want to bring it back. They're like, I just want to, oh. because they want, I think what it is, is they want to parade with it. So they want, yes. to be, I've yes. got it. And I, and I want to show you and they're like proud, but they don't want you to take it. So whenever I train, yeah. I have to take that into account. But yeah, Alto is, he's not a, he doesn't like to play fetch. Oh, I thought it was just me. I'm like, I have this retriever who doesn't retrieve. Like I literally thought it was me. We failed. Um, well, that's good to know. But yeah, yeah, training them to do that, right? So you can just have one of those things and mm. they'll, you know, they'll bring it back. That would be ideal. Yeah, so, so giving them lots of things to do. That's mm. yeah, no, absolutely love it. And I think, um, yeah, there's been so much in here that people can kind of weave into to their sort of dog lives. Um, and I think, sorry, the last thing I kind of wanted to touch on was obviously I come at this as a traditional you know, science based, research based behaviorist. And that's, yeah. you know, really believe in that positive training, all of that, obviously. Mm. But then, of course, there's this interest in the other side, which is why I got you on to say, well, there, there are other things that we don't know that might have an impact on that and how how do you kind of sit with that when I suppose it's I suppose it's weaving in kind of the you said at the beginning like the the mind and the science and the research mm. and weaving into this the human design or the mammal design how do you feel about that yeah I think when it comes to like systems like human design or any other kind of modality that's not as you know, logic or science-based, I think you just have to have your own experience of it where you kind of find it, you see some kind of truth in it. Like in human design, we talk about approaching it as an experiment, like kind of keeping it light, like not making it this thing where you've got to have heavy rules around, but just experimenting and seeing if the strategies work for you. Um, And yeah, like, because I'm the same, I'm quite logical in my design. I'm definitely like a research. I like, you know, facts and things to be proven but I think I don't know leaning into trust a little bit you know and mm-hmm. if you experiment with it and it's like nah this is not it then just leave it it's not maybe not meant for you at this point in your life or yeah. like at all you know I think yeah I think if you're meant to work with systems like this you'll feel that kind of resonance to it and mm-hmm. just observe other people too like if you start you know observe your pet if you can look at like see if they kind of display any of these traits and just watch watch other people's designs and see what you mm-hmm. notice yeah I think that's a really good way to say it is is to to experiment with it and it's not it, it, don't take it so seriously I suppose in some mm. ways is it's not you're not saying to somebody you're a, a generator so you must do this 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 and this you're saying mm-hmm. this is your life and this is how being a generator might affect things that are going on and then I suppose you mm. take from that what you will and, and there'll be some people who yeah really respond to it and it really resonates with and there'll be some people who it doesn't but um it's really nice to hear that because I think I think the worry is people hear people talk about astrology or human design they don't realize that it doesn't mean you can't be scientific and you can't be researchers you can't use your mind and also have this other flavor which which is yeah why I really wanted to get you on here because um I I don't know I don't think I've heard anyone else talk about human design and their pets so it's okay. yeah. I'm so pleased you came on because I kind of was like, oh, I'd love to to explore it with you. But it's such a niche topic. But I think hopefully, a lot of people will be going, oh, 
wow this is so interesting when they when they listen to it so um was there anything else that you sort of wanted to cover in terms of dogs or pets or anything at all no I'll, the uh, the only thing I'd love to leave everyone with is also sleep like in human design sleep is so important and if anyone's like me like I you know, I have always let Marnie get up on the end of my bed, like in the morning, but it's, it is really important, like for them and for you that we have times where we're sleeping, not in the aura, you know, so in human design, they actually recommend sleeping apart from your partner, you know? And so I just, just for anyone who might have a reflector dog, or if anyone is like, you know, like, uh, the dog gets up on the bed, like Marnie, you know, um, yeah, you just have to be mindful of it. So I'm always sort of cautious of that. Um, yeah that's mm. so, with them I work with a lot of dogs that have separation issues so separation anxiety where they just are with their yeah. own sort of all mm. the time and I've never mm. thought in terms of that is is actually having it, it's hard because the dogs are anxious about being separate from them but I wonder mm. like you said whether always being so close to each other it must have some impact in other ways not just the science yeah. that we know about um do, do you see that with a lot of COVID dogs yeah, yeah. It happened a lot, a lot over COVID mm. was that time after COVID was just um, a boom in, in dogs with separation. I think it's, I think yeah. it's got a bit better now, but mm. a lot of dogs just didn't learn how to cope with, with not being away from their owners. And mm. yeah, it's, it is a really difficult one to, to work with because it's just, it's, ugh. there's, when there's anxiety, it's hard to work with, but then also you've mm. got the, the humans who are anxious about leaving their dogs and mm. it's kind of separating some of that out as well um, and I just yeah. I wonder after thinking about this it would be so interesting to mm. if anyone if anyone ever comes to me if anyone wants to know separation <laughs> and they want to look into their human design I would go into <laughs> it because I think it would be yeah really useful really interesting to see definitely yeah and then um, where can people find you if you if they're interested and they want to work with you yeah, so I'm on Instagram. It's amylee.co. Um, we also have an Instagram for my constellation as well, which is myconstellation.co. Um, and then just the websites, which are amylee.com.au and myconstellation.com.au. Brilliant. I'll make sure that's all in the description in the show notes as well. So people can just click on and, and go find you. And I think you'll probably find a lot of people will come over because um yeah, you've got such a nice way about you and, and such a nice way of talking about it. So um, yeah, I think I think that's everything that we wanted to cover. So just a huge, massive thank you for coming on. Um, I hope you get to spend some time with Marnie now and relax after, after the podcast. And um, yeah, thank you so, so much for everything. Thank you, Lauren. Such a joy. This is such a pleasure for me to talk dogs and human design. Oh, it's amazing. Thank you. I feel like this episode has been really enriching for us as dog parents, as dog trainers, as anyone that lives a life with a dog, because we're looking at things in such a different way. And it's very different for what we normally do. But I think important to show interest in things other than what we're always used to. So I am so incredibly grateful for Amy for coming on to the podcast. And I'm sure you'll agree. She talked about it in such a beautiful way. So do make sure you can go and find Amy. I'm going to put all of her links in the show notes, like I said, so you can go and find them. Like we discussed, Amy has her human design reports and these are custom reports and they outline the foundations of a person's human design. And you can find those over on her website, which is www.myconstellation.com.au. So do go and check her out if anything here has resonated with you. 
And I just love to hear all of your thoughts. So as always, you can contact me at Dogman Mindset on Instagram. Let me know what you think. I know this is a bit different to normal, but the whole point of this podcast is to explore things that other dog training podcasts don't. And as always, if you enjoyed it, please leave an amazing five-star review and just share with anyone that you think this might be suitable for. So thank you so much for listening and I will catch you in the next episode. Thank you.